Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Pentagram, dedicated to Henry Foreman. In the years of the Well, 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 well. Welcome to episode 90 of Agitators Anonymous. I am Alan Averill. We are getting closer to the magical 100 number. Is it magical? I'm not sure. Either way, this is episode 90. Thanks for your support along the way as we head towards the ton, as we head towards whatever dark dystopian future lies in front of us, or maybe not, as the case may be. I am just a singer in a heavy metal band trying to make sense of the things I do not understand. And, of course, irritate and annoy along the way. Goddamn, I'm a poet and I did not know it. That's a terrible pun. I do apologise. Um, well, soon enough, we're heading towards the Magical 100. Well, seeing as very soon we might be living to 125 then that doesn't really seem like such a big number, does it? 125, according to an article I read the other day. Or, perhaps, forever! Who knows? Well, we'll get into that. We will get into that. Freddie did ask us once upon a time who wants to live forever. But I think we are beginning to figure out who does. And maybe they have a few plans for you. And I, I am the science fiction This episode is going to be a bit more like me raking over a few news stories, a few looking looking at different topics that are happening uh, at the moment. Maybe we could consider it um, topical. Certainly do not file it under news. File it under heavy metal singer does something else, etc. Great misstep, super informed content, whatever you want to consider. I don't know, but unlike specific episodes, which I've got a few ready to go, um, this is going to this one is going to look at, as I said, a few different topics and then try and link them together. Uh, so expect some awkward segues. Um, is that the right segues? Segues are weird little. Anyway, well, let's not get into that. Um, awkward segues, difficult juxtapositions, which is difficult enough to say. Um, Segways, if you will, between them, between these current topics. Some, of course, are just, you know, conjecture, what ifs. They may seem like crazy what ifs to you. And if they do, that's perfectly fine. They may be, they may not be. That's always the disclaimer. 
I do not, after all, claim to be a source of the news. And I would say if I am your source of the news, then something is going very wrong in your life, perhaps. But I will say this, and this podcast, Agitators Anonymous, is pretty much dedicated to, well, it's predominantly a music podcast, as that's my background, but with a spicy sprinkling of culture, of politics, of history, of this and that and the other, but it will always be dedicated or supporting freedom of speech, the bedrock of our so-called democracy, the bedrock of our so-called civilization, which may be under threat, if you ask me, but I will continue to bang the drum for freedom of speech, continue to bang the drum for the concept that scepticism is the only rational perspective on literally everything. And if you are not questioning the motives um, of the percentage of people who are running, ruling this world, then you maybe have come to the wrong place. Or maybe you've come to the right place and you just want to share and link the podcast to somebody else to annoy them, to irritate them. Perfectly fine. I will be the stick with which you choose to do exactly that. The podcast is sponsored by MetalBlade.com. If you're in North America, use the promo code AA Podcast, and you can get 10% off your shipping. And also propped up by Eisenwald Records. Many pagan black metal post this, that, and the other stuff. www.eisenton, E-I-S-E-N-T-O-N in Europe and .com in America. Use the same promo code and you will get the same deal from them. You can follow me over on Instagram at nemthianga underscore primordial. And now Primordial has its own Instagram channel, which is primordial underscore official. We're only years and years and years late to the game. But go over there for some updates, uh, some posters of gigs that most probably will not happen. But what can we do? We have to keep trying, right? And I can see that many bands are being able to tour the States at the moment, but tours all across Europe are being cancelled. Who saw that coming um, a year ago? I do not know. All right. So this one is going to be, as I said, it's going to be called... Um, let's call it a priest, a tennis player, a doctor and a dictator walk into a bar and let's place that bar in the metaverse and let's look at a few different things. Firstly, Judas Priest, Judas Priest, you cannot play with one guitar. Surely this is paving the way for KK to come back. It has to be, right? You cannot play 90% of those songs with one guitar or are they just going to play Metal Gods and Rapid Fire? I don't know, and living after midnight. Judas Priest, you can't do Judas Priest with one guitar. That's all I will say about the priest bit. But like I said, there is a sprinkling of heavy metal commentary happening in episode 90, and that was it. Didn't take long. Now let's get into the spicier stuff. So, two years into restrictions and emergency rules and laws... Um, I think those of you who have been ardently sticking to the rules of our medical and newly anointed religious leaders um, and the edicts they have been handing down must be wondering what the F is up, right? And for this podcast, there will be some references to things that have slightly been changed or altered, a few little letters put in. I mean, look, who's really paying attention to my podcast and my small drop in the ocean? Asks, asketh you... Um, but just 
for the purposes of not getting um, the podcast, I don't know, Shadow Band. Good name for a goth band from the 80s that actually Shadow Band, Band, Band. Anyway, whatever. Who knows? Um, for those of you who've been ardently sticking to the rules, you must be wondering perhaps what the F is up. And as the meme says, perhaps there's a few people you owe apologies to for calling them C-word theorists a year or two ago. As a new variant rifles through society, most people are left a little bit confused. And as they should be, as it seems obviously in most cases to be little more than a bad cold. Weren't we in the end times? Um, as I said, I am the science fiction. Um, and the narrative within the mainstream media also seems to be changing. We are slowly now getting admissions on various big American channels that had been pushing one particular narrative. Um, people now kind of admitting, well, the hospital admissions are not what they seem to be in areas of Canada. Some of the same questions in areas of Europe, the hospital admissions are not really what they seem to be. And the, there are people, as one woman stated, whose name I cannot remember, I think on CNBC, um, that 75% of people are in there with four different comorbidities, etc. Look, as I said, I'm just a singer in a heavy metal band. What do I understand? I'm not a epidemiologist or virologist, but I do think there has been something happening, a slight change in the wind. Um, and now what should be on your front pages, but no doubt isn't, is the explosive leaked emails by Fauci um, by Project Veritas, um, the VTAS. And if you don't know what I'm talking about. Well, this is probably because what should have been front page news with the headline looks like we've been lied to. Um, it's just something the mainstream media is not, not really touching. But if you go to YouTube and put in Ryan Grimm, this is um, from The Hill, which is a pretty reputable news source. The new Fauci emails are more damning than you think and watch Ryan Grimm. To be honest, I wanted to mention it because I wanted to say the word Grimm because it just fits my heavy metal, black metal morning lexicon. Um, well, what are they? What are they? They are a uh, basically a tinderbox of a cover-up, um, perhaps one of the greatest cover-ups in modern human history, you might say. Um, your, your medical Watergate, pretty clear when you read and follow the story that it looks like things came from a lab. It was gain-of-function research funded by the very people now tasked with handing down the rules. Um, and investigating their very own mess. We all, and the restrictions we are all still living under. Watch the old clip, as I said, of go and search for The Hill. Um, so why would we believe the ship is still not headed in the same direction? If you watch the latest exchanges between um, Dr. Science and Rand Paul in Congress, as I said, this should be on the cover of your newspapers, right? Well, it ain't. Maybe the concept, maybe the idea is just too vast. It's too existential to say to people now after two years, hey, looks like this might not have been the thing that they kind of told you it was for almost two years and you're still living with those restrictions. Um, but like I said, maybe it's about time. Some of you older people in your life, you've been shouting at to see theorists, a small apology, perhaps, maybe, perhaps, maybe. Or perhaps not. Perhaps I'm entirely wrong about this whole situation. That can also be your opinion. But it would seem to me that this is classic divide and conquer. 
weaponized sanctimony, weaponized division. Um, and you can see clearly in the emails that the great Basington, the great B. Barrington Declaration, um, which was signed by over 6,000 medical professionals, if I remember correctly, well, Fauci did everything he possibly could to discredit them. Um, and now you are living in the social ruins of all of these decisions of what appear to be, well, founded on some rather heavy lies. Um, like I said, and that is my disclaimer, I'm just looking at these things objectively um, and skeptically. Oh, Alan, this is thousands of kilometers away. Well, is it really? Walk around your um, your empty, restricted city at 8.30 at night. Look at the closed storefronts that won't ever reopen. Consider the um, burgeoning, burgeoning is not the right word, considering the rising rents, people made homeless. Consider the old people left in their nursing homes to die. Mull over the digital passport implications. Imagine and examine all the new laws and emergency powers, grant, powers granted our state that will not be removed or redacted, etc., etc. And you will see that you are clearly in the bottom of that pyramid of decision making. They do affect you. Now, if you consider that they don't, well, I'm very happy that none of this may have impinged upon your life. But also the mention of DARPA um, makes things a little bit more serious, uh, as it would seem to add a military uh, dimension to the virus and gain-of-function research. But that is not really my place to get into this. But it would seem, as I said before in the last podcast, that the, the end game of a virus is indeed to make itself much more transmissible, to, in a sense, dilute itself. It's not the right word medically or epidemiologically. I completely understand that. But like I said, I'm just a, a numbnut from a heavy metal band. So excuse that. I've said that four times. I should stop saying that, shouldn't I? Yes, indeed, I should. Also, numbnut, let's get back to 1955. Um, Anyway, the point is that if this is the so-called end game of the virus, I mean, clearly now it's rifling its way through society, then surely we should be celebrating the end of all this. Surely we should be celebrating having come out the other side. But you have to ask yourself, is that really what's going to happen? Because it would seem to me that the powers that be, um, let's call them that, uh, they don't particularly want this crisis to end. Never let a good crisis go to waste. The media seem to be captured by Big Pharma and also captured by the clickbait motives, which is now driven by the COVID narrative. It once upon a time was Trump. Now it's the COVID narrative. It is fear porn. Um, and how do they play this out for the next few, few months? I made a, uh, a kind of, you know, a smart ass comment on my Facebook or sorry, my meta. We'll get into that as well. Um, I don't know, a year or something ago going, what's the bets for the next year? Um, another, you know, it was like monster energy variant, alien invasion, et cetera, et cetera. I was being a smart ass, of course, as usual, as is the undertone of most of these podcasts, if you haven't got that message already. Um, and, and now the simple fact is, if this is actually the end game of this, what do those powers that be, let's call them whatever you want to call it, transnational corporations, big pharma, technocracy, 
states that are reveling in all of their new powers. How do they play the next few months to keep people in this heightened state of fear? Because I would lay a wager that that is what they want to do, that they do not want you to relax and consider that all of this is receding in the rearview mirror. And if you are in a place in the world where that is happening, well, very good for you. Please DM me from where you are if you are somewhere that I would consider unusual and exotic. Let me know what the restrictions are in your area because I can see all the places on the podcast charts, all the countries that um, are listed. And there are over 50 of them that listen to every episode. So please DM me and also let me know, are you taking refugees? Um, But this would seem to be something that uh, this heightened state of fear that the our governments, our states, our technocratic overlords do not wish to um, allow to lessen. And of course, that sort of makes sense when you look throughout history. For example, in Ireland, we continually somehow in the mainstream media here use Israel as an example of where we should go our headed, not Denmark, not on another EU country. And, you know, back in 2020, when all this kicked off, we were using Australia as an example. Neither country of which geographically um, makes any sense as a comparison um, for Ireland to draw from. Um, Okay, so there are some expats in Australia, so I can understand what they're trying to do, trying to localise the the news media cycle rather than go, well, in Finland they're doing this or Sweden they're doing this. No talk about Sweden. Is there? Right. The the guys who seem to somehow have won this whole battle with common sense. But yet we keep reaching for the country that is now, it would appear, on its fourth set of boosters. Um, Is that by design? It would seem um, churlish to me to say that it wasn't. Anyway, so let's take a look at a few stories unfolding this week and I'll try and create some links. Of course, some of this is going to be a bit sort of black mirror-y and it's just, you know, they're just thoughts that are running through my head. conjecture opinions about what might be coming down the line, what might not be, all those kind of things, connecting a few dots. Maybe you've connected them already. Maybe you think they shouldn't be connected. Totally fine. That's freedom of speech, is it not? A friend said to me, and he was totally right, and I kind of underestimated this story, but he said, watch as the Djokovic, the Novak Djokovic um, story moves people uh, far more than the example of the Project Veritas report on Fauci's emails. I thought, really? And he just said, yeah, watch what happens. Um, As I said, I've been over the sort of, you know, the Fauci Paul MMA match that's going on. Um, But still, this didn't take over the front of the newspapers. Um, But the Djokovic story did, as we saw the tug of uh, kind of war power going on between an elite sports star Sport has been the new cathedral, you know, to keep up these religious references for decades. It once might have been, you know, the arena or concert hall for music. And then, but that has long since passed. And then maybe we can argue it became comedy. Comedians became the new rock stars. But certainly for the last, um, certainly sports are the bread and circuses of our age, along with celebrity. Um, Maybe the new religion uh, that we have just given birth to is health and safety, but the regular worship indeed is the sports hall or arena. And if one country has strode with bullish ignorance into the realm of authoritarianism with glee, it's Australia. 
And let us remind ourselves, if off the top of my head, Australia has something like 1,400 or so deaths from COVID, which represent, as I uh, remember, 0.046 of the population, etc. So the restrictive and authoritarian draconian rules that are in place in that state far outweigh, it would seem, the risk it would seem they've given birth to quite a few little mini tyrants and those mini tyrants wanted to stand up and make an example of Mr. Djokovic. Um, We've watched those mini tyrants in waiting, red-faced and arrogant, drunk on power, shouting at anyone who disagrees as being an anti-V heretic. And so their power play with Djokovic fell apart when they confronted a person who, it would seem okay, flaunted some rules, if you were to believe that, Um, it's very possible, but it fronted a person with enough power, sponsorship, TV money and wealth behind them and celebrity, it mustn't be also said, to stand up to the mainstream authoritarian narrative. Were his papers in order? I'm not sure about that side of the story. But certainly in this cathedral, in this arena of bread and circuses, sport is the language of the people. And through this language, I imagine way more people might get an idea of what's only of what's happening, not only in Australia, but across the West. The story, the Djokovic story, I think, um, broke to more people because, as I said, sport is this universal language and they got a little insight into some of the push and pull that's going on and maybe shone a little bit of a light into some of the authoritarian measures that um, have been implemented in Australia. And in, and this is in the same week where P's in a progressive pod, Emmanuel Macron in France states he simply wants to piss off the unvaccinated. Piss off the unvaccinated. Is this, is this not the kind of decorum people decried in Trump only two years ago or three years ago? Um, and aren't many of this unvaccinated minority, we could probably say ethnic, because we know that the ethnic take up um, of the vaccine is quite low. Why? Because they have um, distrust of these systems, a distrust of these systems of authority that once upon a time we also had, but have been living such comfortable middle class indulged lives. Maybe we've forgotten we've turned off that um, sceptical switch within ourselves, or something we could say like this. Um, some people might have religious misgivings, proper reasons. Maybe some other people um, have health concerns proper reasons question mark it seems not in the mind of macron so in only two years we can now see the leader of one of the most powerful countries in europe openly calling for discrimination over a medical minority of people how can this be correct and like i said it's the same it's the same rhetoric that we heard from trump two years ago um especially in a moment when the pandemic would appear to be running out of steam somewhat i'm also confused by one thing, and nobody seems to want to address this. Statistics seem to state 5% or less of Africans are vaccinated, of people in Africa. So does this mean Macron is also referring to ex-French colonies? Is he going to halt migration from all of those colonies? Is everyone getting off a plane going to be vaccinated, tested? Are they going to build a wall across the Mediterranean? Or is it just this opprobrium, this rhetoric is reserved for people within Europe. It's hard to know, but it certainly doesn't make any sense to me if we follow the logic, the progressive, and I don't like that word because some parts of my own view of society are indeed progressive. But this edge of the 
let's call it the authoritarian new left. Um, they wanted a few years ago open borders. And now, if they are as serious as they claim about being anti-VC, then they must now want every country to become an insular fortress. And you can see Justin Trudeau in Canada. He weighs in and, of course, calls people who refuse the VC racist and misogynist, the usual calling cards of this mainstream narrative where everyone with any questions is labelled as part of the right, which doesn't really fit in. I think if you really were to dig down into the statistics of the people who, um, some of the people who don't wish to take the VC are most probably um, of ethnic minorities. There is somehow within much of what's happening maybe the sense that the 1% are punishing the public, punishing the plebs, punishing them for Trump, punishing them for breakfast. <laughs> for breakfast. There's a there's a Boris Johnson of a slip up. We've got to get breakfast done for Brexit, for stepping out of line, for voting for the wrong people, granting themselves more and more emergency powers without redress, debate or end. It feels like they become tired of the notion of democracy. And anyone who asks questions of the motives is going to be cast out and punished. Certainly saying that you wish to piss off a percentage of your own population. Um, it has the rhetoric of um, a 1% who are just out to punish people for this. At least on the face of it. And let's be clear, it feels very clearly that at some stage that the vaccination digital passport, that that tick is going to go red and not green once you hit a certain amount of months. So are you then going to need another booster to take part in society? And then what? Another and another daily pills, daily pills for your children. We are on some kind of treadmill that I'm not sure how we just step off that. Governments all over the Western world are in my opinion, riding roughshod over concepts like civil liberties and human rights. And if this statement hasn't at least been present in a thought or two you've had over the last few months, I'm not sure I can really help you. If you have faith in all of these institutions, because um, you've decided somehow that this is a, like a sort of emotionally religious engagement with the institutions of power, and that let's call it state and expertise is now the new um, religious overlords of our society and you can sleep soundly with all of that then more power to you I on the other hand cannot but like I said those who question at least have the facts of history on their side show me the boy at 7 and I'll show you the man at uh, 27 37 is it they say well right well played by the state and tech in this kind of dastardly game and this vaccination mandate also may seek to remove parental consent, I am reading in some countries. Remove parental consent, meaning the state has jurisdiction over your child's bodily autonomy. What happened to my body, my choice? Yes, indeed. I think it's important to say at this stage that in the year moving ahead, I'm going to try and grasp a few uncomfortable nettles with the podcast. We're going to try and stand up a little bit more. Um, for, as I said, freedom of speech and question things, questioning authority, trying to hold some power to account in my own small and little way. Um, there will, of course, be other episodes that are dedicated to other things. But for some of you who don't like the more political angle of the podcasts, hold fast, hold fast and consider the principle and stick with me on the journey. There ain't many other musicians or 
um, heavy metal, this and that. Um, luminaries. Am I a luminary? Maybe not. There aren't that many other people trying to speak out and hold power to account. But here we are. This is Agitators Anonymous. So, and it feels also like no one wants to talk about myocarditis or health disease, do they? Um, I think nine billionaires have profited over 300 million so far from the P. Diddy-demic, if I have those numbers correctly. However, let's connect a thread or two, as I'm sure you've heard me say these things before, right? And some of you do also message me and go, you are repeating yourself a bit. I get it. I get it. It's me speaking to myself in an empty room. Of course, I'm going to repeat myself. Oculus Rift. Oculus Rift. Pretty cool name for a stoner band, right? Or maybe like an old black metal band from um, the early 90s. Occultus Rift. Oculus Rift. What the hell am I talking about? Well, now you will know that Facebook changed its name to Meta. What does this mean? It sounds kind of alien and maybe it's kind of gone unnoticed for some of you. Um, most people I know, they don't really have the headspace for it, but that's exactly the point, headspace. So let's get a bit spicy here, okay? Strap yourself in. The metaverse is basically the augmented reality world Facebook is um, preparing, is pushing on people. Oculus Rift, to explain with a company who made or developed the AR headsets. They started out in 2012. Uh, maybe you've even tried one um, at some sort of uh, computer fair or something like this. Well, Facebook bought out Oculus Rift. Um, a brief conversation about this with a friend prompted headset ads in my algorithm in a matter of minutes. An online virtual world where you can meet your friends. Justin Bieber has already held concerts there. You can have business meetings, even a religious ceremony. And it wouldn't surprise me if this coming year ahead, you're going to start being offered one at a discount or even for free to begin your journey in the meta, which, let's be clear, means in reality atrophying, sitting on your couch with a headset on. So Facebook, among many others, anticipates this becoming the day to day reality for millions of people with the West first in line, perhaps for this um, people spending their day to day with headset headsets on virtual meetings, this, that, and the other. So you see where I'm going with this, right? Can we see lockdowns and restrictions as merely the prepping, the preparation for this kind of life? Getting people used to living inside, working inside, working from home, so that the natural thing will be in the next year or two to pop on your AR headset when you wake up, as the world in there will seem like a dopamine heroin hit compared to the restricted, rather dull world outside and dangerous world outside where human person-to-person -person experiences are now constrained by endless health and safety issues or maybe another much more virulent virus. This may seem appalling to those of you over 30 or 40 brought up on, well, being social. We are social animals going to gigs, Saturday nights out, dating experiences within the real world. But maybe... Just maybe for these younger generations, the generations that it seems the state wants to separate from their parents' influence, maybe this seems like the most natural thing in the world. And are we just being prepared for this future? There's a flyer doing the rounds outside in my area where I live, and it says something like, insanity was not locking down while there was a climate emergency. Which, when you tie in the um, augmented reality Oculus, I nearly said occultus, but Oculus Rift view of the world, the meta view of the world, um, which 
could be, um, you know, the liberating thing from the impending climate um, lockdown. I mean, maybe, like maybe, this is the preparation for um, that coming conversation. I am the science fiction after all. So let me get all black mirror up in your ass, as Leon would say. Um, are we being primed for the stay inside to save the world decade with an AOR headset as the heroin and needle needed to cope with such a gloomy and immiserated world? Oh, come on, Alan, that's a bit much. It might be a bit much. As I said, strap yourself in. Consider this a Black Mirror style conversation. But let's also state that an awful lot of things that were predicted, you know, maybe if you've seen the this TV show Utopia or seen in Black Mirror, somehow seem eerily close to the truth. And we do understand, of course, that the Chinese social currency system is waiting in the wings to be possibly tagged onto our digital passports. And so, and so, um, this grey as I said, in gloomy, immiserated world, a grey and bureaucratic world where person-to-person experiences, gatherings, festivals, whatever else you want to call it, for example, will only be allowed under a huge list of medical circumstances. So you know what? Why bother going outside? It's just too much feckin' hassle. Yes, I said feckin'. Feck arse girls. Why not just put the headset on? Order in food. Take that dopamine hit. Elon Musk is already talking about Neuralink integration being almost ready between man and machine. And I'd refer right now, for example, almost like backup, um, to uh, a story in the nationalreview.com. Ezekiel Emmanuel, who's one of the sort of major proponents of um, the COVID response, um, wants respiratory illness technocracy without end. It's an article basically which suggests that Um, there should be literally lockdown, a never-ending lockdown, that it should not. You can go and search the National Review and go and search Ezekiel Emanuel. And um, it's basically some medical professionals and doctors saying, basically, people have died from respiratory illness in the past. We could have saved those lives. That's the premise. But the principle is um, that lockdown just stays. Restrictions stay. Testing stays constantly in the battle against respiratory illness. So then tie that in, of course, who would not tie that in with um, the things I've just said, with the prepping, the prepping for, um, a, you know, staying inside to save the world. However, let's just keep going down this black mirror wormhole, if you will allow me. The Greenland shark lives for almost 500 years. Did you know that? 500 years scouring the darkness at the bottom of the ocean, this almost blind creature um, is living. So that means there are living organisms. There are living, well, not organisms, but because that would suggest other things. But there is a living creature on this planet that is nearly 500 years old. Sharks also don't get cancer. It would appear to me um, that they kind of somehow hold the key to eternal life, right? That long sought after elixir. Yet yesterday I read, as I said at the top of the podcast, an article that claimed soon enough we will be able to live to 125 years old. Well, a few of us. And those few are the kind of billionaires who now seem to be taking holidays in space. 
um, whose stories are designed to distract us from the very other things that are in this podcast that we should be paying attention to. I joke, but I kind of don't. There is huge money being spent on the problem um, and people who view this simply just as a medical problem that will be overcome of defeating death and the regeneration of cells. I kid you not. Do a little digging and you will find stuff that is not conspiracy theory. There is huge money being spent on this. It didn't Walt Disney put his head on ice. Well, the Greenland shark is able to slow its metabolism to such um, to such a slow pace deep in the icy depths of the sea that it can live for almost 500 years. Mm, fast as a shark, you say. Yep, I got in there before you. Um, and the regeneration of cells. I kid ye not. This is a huge potential industry, along with all the other industries that we have created or are about to create, including, of course, augmented reality. Um, this is a huge industry. So ask yourself, if the world's richest come closer to this, what sort of world do they want to inherit? Certainly not one where you are running around doing your thing. Do you get me? Hmm, seems crazy. And yeah, I get it. I told you. I'm just 4AMing it. A bit of a wide, a wild-eyed conversation you have after a few drinks when you were allowed to do that. But don't be foolish as to dismiss any of it as conspiracy theory. Remember, that's the fool's way out. Dismissing things without thinking because it makes your intellectual mental life a little bit easier. Certainly, right now, the foundations for a digital passport which grants you access to the metrics of life um, the metrics of outside life is something that's already here. We're already on the cusp of um, on the cusp of that. It seems baked into our future. How authoritarian that may be or not remains to be seen. But certainly the ability for state tech pharma to force you to remain inside your own home, which would have been unthinkable three years ago, now seems like the norm. And what's more dark is many people accept it, sold it as something they do for the greater good. Risk reward does not seem to be properly evaluated, in my opinion, as you literally are sacrificing social society and the altar of health and safety. And let's be clear, you're all going to die. Um, and at some stage, all this simply becomes how we live. It ceases to be the new normal. It just becomes the normal. As I stated before in the last podcast, social society is, as I said, sacrificed on the altar of health and safety. So, you know, why not pop on the goggles and go on holiday? Um, in Australia and see the Great Barrier Reef. It's safer than leaving the house, right? And the fact, I know from a friend who works for government here that every other Zoom meeting is about the coming digital economy and encouraging, for example, the tourist industry to pivot to online tourism, um, to move into the realm of AOR. Then am I really that far from hitting a few arrows near to the bullseye? It seems like a bit of an uncomfortable conversation, right? But certainly, if you were one of those who believed the three weeks to flatten the curve narrative, I think two years in, you need to pivot, as our government is saying to people who have lost all of their small businesses and economies, you need to pivot to some new information and reevaluate the way you've been looking at something. Um, at all of this, because we in the West have enjoyed, and I continue to say this, 30 years of exponential growth. I would argue that since the fall of communism, fall of the Berlin Wall, for the most part, economic, social and cultural growth, the birth of this new emergent middle class has, um, which boomed all across 
Western Europe. Certainly in Ireland, we went from being, as I said many, many times before, I would call a second world economy with very little economic growth, a stagnant country where the brightest and the best um, young people just left. Um, we grew to one of the most booming economies in Western Europe and entrenched within that was the idea was the idea of an ever ex, um, ever growing middle class an optimism um, and we were we are in my opinion blind to the encroaching authoritarianism displayed and employed by governments across the west because we've been sitting living spending in the sunny uplands of this exponential growth but as i've stated before on the podcast democracy is not the default setting of society and you should be worried that it is under threat, at least in my opinion. Most Irish people still, of course, believe that ah, it can't happen here, Alan, narrative. And yeah, I do understand that. I'm not saying that they're wrong, but certainly there is a grey area where some of that can happen here and is clearly happening here. I understand that this is a complex middle ground to inhabit that most people just haven't the headspace and the time to get into the what's happening in Kazakhstan are we why are Russian troops paratrooping into blah 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 and what's going on is this another proxy war like, like Afghanistan oh I've got to feed the kids and I've got to try and find some headspace away from this and what's this new Netflix show I totally get it when you're being constantly bombarded by fear porn you just want to retreat to the safety of your own home and isn't that kind of the game that's being played here hey well some of that can and is happening here should be something like a new mantra a watchword of the skeptical and what is that that is happening well you live in a curfew society where nothing can really happen without the say so of state and health officials um, we now have a massive state apparatus that has its fingers in all of the pies of your life in every orifice a tentacle in every orifice you can have that as a lyric if you wish uh, state and health officials who have taken the position of our new religious leaders. The churches, let's be clear, stood mostly empty for two years and now they are discussing moving to the metaverse, which for a country like Ireland, well, the empty churches, says it all that you need to know about the inability of analogue religion to stand up to the new digital orthodoxy. And that's before we get to the Pope himself weighing in on the debate, seeming to go into bat for big state and pharma also you would wonder what was in his christmas gift box maybe a sweet pair of oculus rift goggles huh and it all started with a priest well my friends that is episode 90 of agitators anonymous it's a spicy black mirror kind of ramble of consciousness i'm alan averill i thank you i will continue to try and bang the drum for free speech and the sceptical mindset. And like I said, I'm just a singer in a heavy metal band trying to make sense of the things I do not understand. So, you know, take that into account. Planet Satan over and out. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 